Hey everyone, welcome to the Who's the Man podcast. It's good to be back with you for another episode. Mitch, Chris, hey, good to be with you guys. It's Advent. Advent. Merry Christmas. It's Christmas Christmas time in the city. I'm dreaming of a while. I watched White Christmas last night. Uh-huh. Such a great movie. See, Lauren can't really get into the old time Christmas movies, but they are they're, they're classics. Like you got to watch at least White Christmas. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life. You I know. think that's where she needs to submit to your leadership. <laughs> but good, the, good luck with that one. Yeah, there's there's plenty of like the the modern classics, like the '90s ones, like Home Alone, Home Alone Two. Um, <laughs> Home Alone Three. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> Stop after Home Alone. If, if Macaulay Culkin is not in it, it's not a classic. Wait a minute, that's a that's a great question. What is your favorite Christmas movie? Oh, Die Hard. What? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard this. I've heard this. That's a whole. That's a whole other topic. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Like, we won't get into that. It happens at Christmas time. So yeah, I've always said that like the main plot has to be Christmas related. Like, you could take that story and put it in any time of the year, and it would still make sense. There happens to be Christmas decorations. There's a savior in the. Yeah. Saving the day. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'll give you that one. Josiah, do you have a non uh, Bruce Willis movie as your favorite? Honestly, probably White Christmas. Okay. I think I think that's my favorite. Bing Crosby, Danny Kay, tap yeah. dancing. Can't get better than that. The the it's so good. The the songs are like every song. I haven't seen it. I haven't probably watched it in a couple of years and every single song I was like this isn't, this isn't, they don't make movies like, I felt like an old fogey. I was like, they don't make movies like this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Released in whatever, the 50s. Yes. So, what's yours? For me, it's Christmas Vacation. Mm. It's just, it's one of the funniest movies yes. in general. Yeah. Uh, but my family, we got into it, I don't, I don't remember, you know, probably because of, there's a little bit of foul language in that movie, so that's probably why my parents didn't let me watch it until I was older. So, I can remember watching it for the first time as a teenager, and like ever since then, for the last 15 years of my life or whatever we quote that movie all year yeah. and my dad was joking with me the other day he's like i gotta i gotta watch it this year and i think we should keep track of how many lines we say from this movie to each other throughout the year but it's a great one none of us said uh none of us said elf i feel like that's i feel like someone always says elf well that's the i think this is a hot this is a hot take we're getting off topic already no this, that's the topic elf for, is the only for right now. Elf is really one of the only movies that I like Will Ferrell in. Mm-hmm. I know people love him. Yeah. I generally can't. I don't know. It I generally seems to be a love hate relationship. Yeah, kind of. Sure, but he's yeah. hilarious, and Elf is a great. Elf is a great movie. So uh, a couple weeks ago, Apple TV just put out a new movie called Spirited, and it has Will I've Ferrell heard things about that, and Ryan Reynolds as mm-hmm. the two leads, and it's a musical. Huh. Oh my goodness! So when you think of those two, like <laughs> funny actors in a musical. That's exactly what the movie is. Uh, it's it's what you would expect. So it's like nothing earth shattering, shattering, but it is a enjoyable watch. So you know, I'll, I'll have to give you my login information. You can you can check that out. Yeah, but it's a it's a fun movie. Yeah, Charlie Brown and Christmas. It's not a movie, but right, that special. Thanks. That is the standard. Yes. yes. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Charlie makes... Brown and Die Hard. <laughs> Opposite extremes, right there. I'm extremes in everything in life, so which is perfect. I mean, which is great because you know we have guys that listen to us that are polar opposites, and we were talking to some of the some of the guys that were listening. What was it? Uh, oh, Spotify Rap that came out, and some, one of our listeners had 
who's the man as uh, on his top five list. And I was Alex. Like, yes. I was like, thank you for, for showing us some love. Uh, and if we weren't on your Spotify rap, that just means you listen to us on Apple. So, you know, thank nobody you. said uh, Polar Express either. Okay, that's a good one. Great music. Uh, Tom Hanks, you know, He's voice in, voice in all the 13 characters, characters or whatever it is. That. Yes, that is a great one uh, as well. And uh, that's a wonderful life. Oh, uh, Santa Claus movies are, I just enjoy them just because Tim Allen, Tim Allen uh, you know. I probably told you guys a story of how someone told me I resembled Tim Allen. It was like one of the most random encounters of my life. And someone just walked by me who I didn't even know. And he's like, has anyone ever told you you have a resemblance to Tim Allen? I'm right. looking this up. Well, you're going to find like recent pictures of him where he's like a 65-year-old man now. <laughs> but like 30-year-old yeah, Tim Allen, uh, you know, I guess I see it more when I'm clean-shaven. Like when I find a picture of him uh, and me clean-shaven, I guess I could see it. It's probably more the mannerisms and the way he like interacts in those movies and stuff. But, you know, I, I kind of see it. I kind of don't see it. It depends upon the picture. So. I don't know. It was just, it's a funny thing. and a smile on the chin. I see it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. If, uh, if you follow us on Twitter at Who's the Man Pod, send us your favorite Christmas movie. Uh, and, and maybe it's one I haven't seen because there's, there's just a lot of new ones out there recently. So I'll have to check out uh, some of our favorites. Or even if it's a classic, we'll watch it too. But today on, uh, on our episode here, uh, we want to get into uh, <laughs> the Bible. Uh, and what we mean by that. We always talk about this idea that we're, everything we talk about on the podcast comes from a biblical worldview. So before we kind of explain specifically where our conversation is going to go, Chris, kind of what do we mean by that, like that we have a biblical worldview and that informs our, our discussion? Right. Yeah, I mean, everybody has a worldview that they filter their decisions through. Some it's through education, some it's science, some it's culture, uh, and we have decided that ours is going to primarily be through a biblical worldview. Mm -hmm. And so whenever we are making a decision about something, we want to ask, how does the Bible inform that decision? It is, you know, not to prove text and not try to look at something, you know, kind of out of the corner of one eye and kind of twist it to make it work for us, but to look at the historical way that the church has read something and understood it and interpreted it um, and applied it. And for us to ask those hard questions about decisions we're making as a church just kind of in the day-to-day -day stuff uh, and the way that we interact as, you know, just brothers and sisters in Christ or how we're going to treat non-believers, how we're going to create strategic planning uh, for the future. Now, what would you say to someone who says you literally cannot read the Bible without putting your own lens or framework around it? Therefore, you cannot have a biblical worldview. What would you say to someone who's of that opinion or mindset. Yeah, I mean, I would say that there is a danger of getting into an echo chamber and always surrounding yourself with people who are saying the same thing and just kind of echoes within all the things that you do and say and believe. Um, and that's why I said earlier about the historical way that the church interpreted scripture. Sure. That way, as much as it's possible, it seeks to prevent that from happening. Instead of like, hey, here's how I interpret it, and you know, everybody I'm reading on Twitter or you know going to conferences and books that I read, like they are all saying the exact same thing, yeah. um, but they're all speaking from the 21st century perspective. Yeah, uh, and so that's why you know, reading church history is so important and looking at how they dealt with uh, the different kinds of things that the church experienced and continues to experience today. And so 
going back and looking at those things to make sure that we're not even one degree off yeah. uh, from it uh, and to hold each other accountable to asking the question, like, did you, did you do your homework? Right. Um, or is this just like you had a bad burrito last night? Yeah. Like you're making a decision uh, based on that and you think mm. it's the moving of the Holy yeah. Spirit, but it's just antacid. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <Just>. <laughs> hey, you know, maybe, sometimes I get stomach issues, so I have to, I have to pop a t- couple of tums before Bible study. <laughs> no, I mean, that's a great question, Josiah. And I just have kind of one more find- foundational question that I want to ask you guys. And this might seem elementary or elementary, as Josiah would say, that's, that's uh, right. before, you know, to those of us who have been followers of Jesus for a long period of time. But f- say someone is clicking on this episode for the first time, just kind of new to the whole Jesus thing. Welcome. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for giving us three a, a chance to speak into your life. Uh, but you might be thinking to yourself, OK, I get it. But, but why do we trust the Bible as, as, as a final authority? Like. You know, what do you mean when you say it's God's word? Can you just like give like a, you know, general understanding of, of, of why we trust it? Yeah, I think there's a few different things that I would say. One, I would say there's an element of faith that, like you said at the beginning of the episode, Chris, everybody has a worldview. And so there's an element of faith that I don't think, especially progressive ideologists like to like to adhere to that like there's a certain point at which you have to say i'm putting my trust in this and one of the things that i've been saying lately to a couple of different people in in conversations that i've had is the bible is the only thing that proves itself so there's this idea of circular reasoning circular logic that i think and that i believe through faith only works with the bible from a very logistical and practical standpoint the the correlation the the connectivity of how many books were written over as many years as they were written with as many authors um there are there are little analogies here and there i can't think of any of them off the top of my head but that like the chances of the the correlation between the bible being as solid as they are um historically geographically all of these things for them to all line up um some of the manuscripts and the opportunities that have been had to maybe change what the original manuscripts would have said to, um, again, like the question I asked you, Chris, like almost change it to fit a human narrative. It's like, it hasn't happened. And so I think for some of those reasons, we can, we can put our trust and faith in it because it has some stronger connections than other documents that we, that no one would, would question as being historical fact or, whatever we we've accepted those things and yet when it comes to the bible there's this there's this pushback there always has been of like well how do we know and it's like there's some stronger evidence there than anything um and yet there's there is still an amount of faith that it takes so um that's that for me and and beyond that it's like it just seems to to me that the best way to live our lives is the way that god has written it in scripture and so the, the way that the the men who wrote the Bible, the way that they set up um, how to live your life and all of these things. We live in a very self-seeking, self-centered culture right now. And so the Bible doesn't promise ease or happiness all the time or abundance and riches. It doesn't promise any of those things. And so I think it gives a much more realistic view of the world and it gives you the best way to handle it. So 
there's those are just a couple of reasons that come to my mind for why I trust the Bible as God's word. Um, another thing is like if you don't have a like the, the text being God's word is fundamental to understanding who God is because if it's not the word of God, then God is whoever I want him to be at any given moment. And so the Bible helps to give framework to what God is. And that's some of what we're going to be talking about today. If God has declared that salads are healthy, I might not like salads, but I have to submit myself to the truth that salads are healthy. And then the step beyond that, if God has asked me to eat salads, even if I don't like it, I now have a framework for my worldview. And so I'm going to eat salad because... God has said that it's good. And so I think all for all of those reasons, I trust the Bible as the inerrant word of God. Um, similar to God, it, it hasn't changed. Um, and it doesn't change, and it gives us the best framework that we have for life. So No, that's that's really, really good. I know that Chris, the authority of Scripture has been a popular topic in the church world for, for many years, especially within certain denominations. Uh, so whenever someone comes to you and, and asks you about this topic, What's your answer? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, and building off of what Josiah was just saying, uh, of the con- the continuation of the story from beginning to end, you know, like Moses saying that there's going to be another prophet who you need to listen to, mm-hmm. and so like the people of Israel, they were they were looking for that prophet to the point when John the Baptist shows up on the up on the scene, they're like, "Are you the prophet?" Mm-hmm. He's like, "No." I'm preparing the way for, for him. Right? I mean, it just this thread throughout, like, and so they're 700 years apart, right? And we have a difficult time in American <laughs> mindset in terms of time to think 700 years, right. what that really looks like. That's just outside of our comprehension. Um, so just when you see that and you really begin to connect the dots between the whole story being a about Jesus. Yeah. So that's that's one side. And the other side is, you know, I think you're going to call this podcast, you know, the, because the Bible tells me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the kids song, Jesus B-I-B-L-E. loves me. Jesus loves me. This I know for the yeah, Bible tells right. me so. Um, and, you know, I appreciate, you know, I get challenged by Andy Stanley on that. And he really made me think when I first read his the one book that he, um, I think it was maybe a chapter, he was like, he kind of, I get the sentiment of what the song is because it's trying to root kids into thinking through the lens of the Bible. But we know that that Jesus loves me, not because the Bible says so, but because eyewitnesses hmm. of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection say so. Right. It's this is these are real people who are real, you know, telling a real story that's pointing to this truth. Is much bigger than all of us, and so if we just kind of categorize it as a as a book or as a Bible, it makes it easy to kind of be like, well, when you can kind of whatever believe whatever you want to believe, but it's like no, like when Mark wrote this or whenever Matthew wrote this, like he's writing down because he saw it, mm-hmm. he watched it happen, he you know, he touched Jesus, you know, after he was raised from the dead, he was there whenever he was, you know getting whipped, you know, just like those kinds of things are empirical data that to me says, this is why you should base your life right on the Bible. No, absolutely. I 100% agree with both of you. 
uh, on both those things. And we're going to continue to unpack this here in the next little while, uh, second half of this episode, as we get into specific things about the Bible. What, the, what are some of the things the Bible has decided for us? And also just some ways that we have decided differently uh, according to our personal relationships with the Holy Spirit and, and what the Bible says on different top, different topics. So that first question, what are some of the things that the Bible has already decided for us let's, let's just go into a few of those examples and, and what that means yeah well we wanted to we wanted to talk about this today because so many episodes of ours will say things like decide ahead of time mm. and so that's a great principle for men to live by we've talked about that in relationships we've talked about that in work life home life work life balance all of those things right and one of the things that we were having a conversation about outside of the the recording setting is just okay it's really helpful to decide ahead of time, but what are some things that the Bible has already decided for us? Because like I said earlier, if you view if you view Scripture as inerrant, and if you view it as the Word of God, and if we're recording these episodes and, and having conversations based around the authority of God's Word, if God's Word has already decided things for us, that kind of takes the pressure off for us to feel like we have to decide, right? Mm-hmm. So premarital sex. We don't need to, as if you're a Christian, it's pretty black and white. It's it's black and white enough where that doesn't mean you might you won't wrestle with it. Sure, but you have to you have to at least come to terms with here is how God's word informs this, and so you know you have to make the choice whether or not you're going to listen and and how all of those things. But it's not a it's not a question of should I or shouldn't I. Um, so premarital sex, drunkenness, right? We can, I think, make a pretty strong biblical case that drinking in and of itself is not a sin, that there are times when we're encouraged to drink and to be merry and to, to enjoy the gifts that God has blessed us with. Um, and, you know, like the people who say that the wine that Jesus created in his first miracle was just grape juice. Like, it's just not true. It's just not like that's not. There's no context. There's for no that context for that. And that's, that's not the case. So, so I think you can build a biblical case for that, but we can clearly build a biblical case that a Christian is not to get drunk. And so all of those things, it's like, if you're out on a Friday night, sure. Like I, I go out to the bar with friends and you know, we've, we've met up for beers and all of those things. And, and that's all good. Um, but I know that it's, I'm not deciding ahead of time whether or not I'm going to get drunk because the Bible has already determined it. Mm. So those are, I mean, those are a couple things, Chris, if you want to talk about like, even just, even just Christian conduct, we talk sometimes about the Matthew 18 principle. If you want to touch on a couple of those things. Yeah. I mean, I think we're either going to have a, a heart of forgiveness or, or, or not, you know, like that's something where we've, we've been forgiven. So that's from that context, we forgive others. Like, so deciding ahead of time, because I've been forgiven of much, I'm going to forgive people, you know, the, like how we're going to just live our everyday ordinary lives in terms of just how we're going to respond and the way people treat us. We're not, how we treat other people isn't going to be a response to how they've treated us. Like the, the, the Beatitudes, the, the Summer on the Mount is pretty clear about, uh, just the way that Jesus just, it's an upside down kingdom. Yeah. And he really radically challenges us uh, to think from the kingdom of God perspective instead of you know, the empire of this world mindset. Um, and so like those things challenge us. It's like, wait a minute, you mean I'm not supposed to get even with people? You mean that whenever somebody's mean to me, I'm actually supposed to be nice to them, I'm supposed to love my neighbor or love my enemy, um, and pray for them? Like just so different. 
Um, and so most people don't, they don't want to decide those things ahead of time because they don't want to do them. Yeah. I don't want to do those things. Right. Uh, but by deciding ahead of time, that begins to change my, my character begins to change just the way that I live as a disciple of Jesus. And it doesn't mean I don't struggle with it. Like you said, Josiah, uh, but it just, it begins to change the way you think about it and the way that you act for sure. And yes, I fail at it daily, uh, but I'm still striving for the way that Jesus invites us to live instead of what my sin nature wants me to, to yeah. live. And I find that submitting yourself to scripture as a principle helps more than submitting yourself to each individual principle. So if you have to decide about being angry or being revenge-filled or any of those things, if you're having to decide on a case-by-case basis about everything, that just gets so compartmentalized and it's so difficult to keep track of. So if you have a a worldview that says, I'm going to submit myself to scripture, that still allows you to wrestle through the difficulties in life while saying, "My, the the conduct that I'm going to carry myself with is, is birthed out of whatever scripture says. So the Matthew 18 principle, um, the idea of being willing to forgive, it's like, this is what the Bible says. This is the way that Jesus lived. And so to the best of my ability, I'm going to conform to that rather than, well, it's nice to be a nice person. So I'm going to try my best. Yeah. No, I was thinking the same thing. And that's great insight, Josiah, because as Chris was talking, I'm thinking to myself, the reason people don't want to decide ahead of time is often because they don't like the answer, but at least decide to wrestle with it. You know, you have to, that made me think of the story from the Old Testament where Jacob wrestled with God and, you know, all night long. And he's like, I'm not comfortable with, with not knowing or, or, or just, you know, being okay with what the culture tells me, what the world tells me, but I want to know what, what God has for me and what God's telling me to do. And that's why, you know, we made this topic an entire episode of the podcast um, because we want you guys to, to say, okay, I see what the Bible says. I see what my 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 sin nature and myself is telling me. Well, well, let's get into this and figure out what you know what I'm supposed to do about it. At the end, when Jacob finished wrestling with God, he limped for the rest of his life. Hmm. Right as a, as a reminder, number one, of that wrestling, and yeah. number two, that you're not going to come out of it, you know, <laughs> in, in ways that you think you're going to come sure. out of it. It's like there's it, because. He was coming at it for all the wrong reasons yeah. and what he was trying to get out of it yeah. versus what God wanted. And there, yeah. there's, there's repercussions yeah. to that. And we're like, no, no, I don't want to, I don't want to limp after wrestling this with God. Yeah. You know, I want, you know, everything to be all nice and rosy. Yeah. It's, no, there's right. consequences. Right. It's not about your abundance and it's not about your flourishing in the sense of, I have everything I want. I'm in good health. I'm, all of those things, those things are blessings. But I think about like all of the people throughout. Like, think of, look at look at Job. Mm-hmm. What a story of <laughs> someone who is not not okay. Not, yeah, and and it's so easy. And what a lot of people will do um, if you have conversations with them is like, that's not fair of God, or mm-hmm. I don't want to serve a God. And it's like, whoa, that's a bold statement to make. Yeah. Yeah, and the question that we actually had for later in the episode, but I think really ties in now, is is where have we changed our minds? Like in that wrestling, there's sometimes things that we maybe used to come down heavy on 
that we no longer do, and or things that we just approach differently because of Scripture and our, our maturation in Christ. Uh, for me, one of those things is alcohol. Like you guys were just talking about earlier, Josiah's like, um, that water into wine, that's, that wasn't grape juice, but that's what I was taught my whole life, that it was grape juice. And so if I'm saying that Jesus turned water into non-alcoholic wine, well, then I need to only drink... <laughs> You know, uh, non-alcoholic beverages, and so as I have grown and matured, and I have I have uh, read the Bible for what it actually says. You know, videos like Mike Winger, the one you sent us, those are very helpful, Josiah. And, and I think that I have over the uh, the last ten years or so, you know, grown in in my relationship with God. He showed me that okay, actually, alcohol on its own is not sinful. It's the overuse and drunkenness and, and all that. So that's just one one quick example for me. I could probably even go into others and others, but like. You know, in that wrestling with God, I didn't just immediately say, like, because I, you know, when I, uh, you know, went to college, I started hearing this from people, and I didn't immediately say, oh, yeah, they're right, because I, I want to go have fun with those guys. That's not what I was saying. I, I took years, uh, and at least, you know, from the time that, that I left my, my home and that upbringing, it took me probably eight years of wrestling uh, before I came to the decision of, like, okay, this is what the Bible says, and this is what God's telling me. You have any? You guys have any examples of things that have have changed over the years? Yeah, I mean, for me, one of the things is just kind of work, life, uh, walk with Jesus, balance. There's there's not much balance in my life. I'm I'm always in the extremes, as we were, you know saying before. And you know, I found my you know I thought that as a Christian that that it was honoring to God to work twelve hours, fourteen hours. Hmm six days a week, seven yeah. days a week, you know, and just pounding it out and angry when people didn't have the same kind of work ethic as me and all that kind of stuff. Right. And just even, you know, I think maybe shared on this podcast, plus just with you guys and the whole staff of just like what God's been just teaching me about Sabbath keeping and rest and abiding um, and just being healthy, having healthy discipleship. I thought what I was doing was healthy because that's like, you honor God with your work. Like that was, and yeah. you know, I still want to work hard for God and honor God with my work, but I also realize that I'll just be so much healthier mm-hmm. whenever I rest and whenever I stop. And I, there's a reason that keeping the Sabbath is one of the top 10. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. And it's like all the other ones, well, well, you know, we can't break any of the other ones, but you know, Sabbath keeping, well, you know, that just, that's, that's optional. Right. You know, it's like, yeah. Where does that lead to? <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, just not going to start putting up idols in my office. <laughs> like, no, you're not. Your office is an idol. You know, at least it was for me. You know, right? Um, so I think that's a pretty significant one. Just in the last year, sure. That God has just been working on my heart and just softening it to. He can do so much more with my surrender than I can do. Yeah, I can work eighty hours. He can do a whole lot more uh, with. 40 if mm-hmm. I've dedicated a day to him and to him alone. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, Mitch, similar to you, I mean, I, I never, it was, for me, it wasn't drinking, um, but I think things like uh, along the same vein, drinking, smoking, swearing, things like that, I think growing up, I, my generation, I shouldn't speak for the whole generation. Myself and some of my, you know, some family, some friends, we sort of grew up in a little bit of, I won't even call it legalism, but just kind of not questioning. Mm-hmm. And there were certain things that were sort of 
reported as this is bad or this is, you know, don't do this, um, even something like uh, smoking a cigar. And so something like that, I was always just as a kid, and I, maybe it's just because I was kind of a goody two shoes kid, <laughs> but it was like, you know, I'll never smoke or I'll never swear. And like, I remember, um, I can't remember, well, I, I shouldn't say I remember. There was one word, I can't remember, it was either, it might have just been dang or something, like to the point where when I was a kid, like I remember the first time I said dang and like asked my parents if it was a bad word or something, and it was like, Whenever I got permission to say the word dang, I was like, I felt like such a rebel. Like, I was like, I'm serious. That's like the kind of kid I was. Yeah, I was the same way. The word for me was crap, though. (laughs) Yeah. So, so like stuff like that. So now I think reading, reading through scripture and having a better understanding, even just of the world around me, it's like, uh, there's a great quote um, that I, I I love this guy that I follow on it. Chris, I know you follow him, which I think you follow him too, Sword and Pencil um, on Instagram. And one of the things, that, that he said one time that I, that I really appreciated and I think applies to several of those types of things in life is like, um, not everything is good for our survival, but some things make our survival good. And so something like smoking a cigar is something that it's like, is it the healthiest thing in the world for you? No. Um, is it really nice with a couple of guy friends sitting around a fire or, and you know, with a glass of whiskey or something? Absolutely. So there are things there where I think, Um, and it might not even sound related to the Bible, but I think just growing up as a Christian where it was like, don't do anything that's, that can be remotely perceived as like, it's like, there's a, there's a way that I think we're to live our lives where we engage with like the beauty and the the good that's around us in a way that, that maybe I, I didn't allow myself to have a category for when I was younger. Yeah, that's good. And I think it's the difference between slavery and freedom. There's this kind of, when you have all those rules, there's kind of like a fear that you're going to go off the deep end or whatever. It's it's good. it's a slippery slope, right. you know, whatever. And uh, so we put these kind of rules in place that end up leading to slavery instead of teaching people what true freedom is and how to steward that freedom wisely and well that leads ultimately to God's glory and for, to our good versus like, Oh, I don't know. Like, right. This, this that, that could be, you know, right. Go read Galatians. Yeah. Like, well, I was going to give that verse that Chris is referencing there. Galatians five, one, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Wow. I didn't even look at that. That's good. Thank you <laughs> yeah. for, uh, See, I'm so steeped in the Bible. I mean, That's I right. Can't say it anyway. That's the way. Just it kidding. It just, it just flows. <laughs> That's right. You literally paraphrased that verse and didn't even realize it. That's right. Yeah, but talk about a people, right? Who are like, well, what about this law and what about this thing? And Paul's like, sure, like sure, you have the law, but if you want to submit yourself to the law, you're subject to all of it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Good luck with that. Break one, break them all. Yep. Yeah. Good <laughs> luck with that. I'd rather I'd rather live under the yoke of Jesus Christ. Yeah. that's a whole lot more challenging and it's a whole lot more liberating and that sounds like such a paradox but it's so cool when you can finally grasp that wrestle that to the ground and then start living under that yeah that's a real freedom yeah so we talked about you know things that the bible has decided for us and things that you know our views have changed on over with with the help of the holy spirit but what's just in the final area we want to talk about is ways that we've decided differently according to our personal relationship with the holy spirit you know i know we're all wired up differently 
uh, how do we you know decide on things maybe a little differently in certain areas but not let it cause division yeah i mean it's, it's be a man so again just kind of speaking to our guy audience like be a man of honor be a man of discipline so this verse from romans uh, twelve eighteen it says if it is possible as far as it depends on you live at peace with everyone so i think of going back to some of the things that maybe you know, even as a kid, like swearing was a very taboo subject. I have a very different theology on swearing now. And I don't swear all the time. I have a problem with people who swear all the time. Mm -hmm. It's kind of trashy. I don't have much respect for them. However, there are times, man, you're gathered around a fire with a group of your guy friends. And there's like one swear word that'll make the story you're telling <laughs> so much more, so much funnier, so much more, you know, it's actually life giving. Mm -hmm. And so I think things like that, it's like, Pay attention to your context. Pay attention to your surroundings. Um, don't do things that will purposefully, like I've seen clips of pastors who will swear in their sermons and it's like they do it for pure shock value and I have no respect for that. It's like don't just be divisive and like don't just cause these distract this distractions or disruptions just because you want to be like that edgy, cool pastor who's like, oh, he says, you know, whatever. He, he swore in his sermon. So it's like I do my best to try to pay attention to who I'm around. It's like swearing. It's like I might I might swear around a group of guy friends who I know we're all okay with it. We're joking around with each other. Like I said, it's it's life giving. It's humorous. Um, but like I'm not going to swear around children, around um, people who I know are offended by that type of language. It's the same with drinking. I don't have a problem with with drinking and and having a beer or having a glass of whiskey. But if I'm around a group of people, um, even Mitch, we, we spent Thanksgiving together and, you know, there's some members in your family who it's still, it's not something that they've come around on. Mm -hmm. So I didn't, I didn't bring a six pack over to right. like, like, right. you know, you and I could have enjoyed even just a, whatever hard cider or something, but right. it's like, I didn't do it yeah. and we're not going to do it because there, it would, it would disrupt peace with the people that were around. Mm -hmm. And so, um, there's a time for maybe even challenging and helping other people to grow and come along and. Um, it's this verse is not uh, be a doormat, but right. it is yeah. being, I think, being a man of honor and realizing. Um, so I think that's kind of a good, um, a good thing to, to just be aware of when, when we're being mindful of those things. Um, yeah. And there's a verse from Romans that talks about you know, deciding never to be, put a stumbling block or a hindrance in the way of a brother. Uh, Romans 14, 13 is that verse. And it's like, that's exactly what you're talking about, where you, know, you don't want to do things uh, where, you know, you might have this freedom in Christ to, you know, like you said, throw in that swear word, swear word into your story to make it, you know, even have a better effect on, on, on your, your friends and, and just more life giving, like you said. But maybe there's someone there who struggled with that and they're like, you know, would be offended by that. You know, I don't know. Just you have to just be like you said, be aware of your surroundings. Yeah. And I think as far as the differences between us in our wirings, um, Chris, we were just talking about this the other day. There's a great, uh, a great test that we've kind of, uh, all of us on staff have, have taken, the working genius, and talking about some of those different working strengths. And so going along with the way that the Holy Spirit has wired us up, uh, we were talking about this in planning, like, Chris, you'll plan out every minute of the day, mm. right? Man, that would drive me crazy. And fortunately, the Bible doesn't say plan out every <laughs> plan minute, out every minute <laughs> right. or don't plan out every. So it's like right. there's yeah. freedom there in the way that we do those things. Um, and so like, you know, one of the things for me is like work emails. Like when I get home from work, I will not open an email. 
from but that that pertains to work. Yeah. Like I won't do it because I'm so I would so rather be protective of that time and space. The email's gonna be there in the morning and everything's gonna be fine. Mm-hmm. So there are things like that where it's like my wiring, some of what I need, you know, talking working working genius, I'm like a wonder and discernment guy, right? So a lot of just like I love thinking about things, I love problem solving, I love trying to discern through the spirit. So like I'm a very, I'm a much more creative, much more go with the flow type of person. Um, and Chris, you differ from that. So like the way that you operate, how do you operate, man? Yeah, right. <laughs> so it's like, it's not the same as me. Right. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I don't look at email first thing in the morning because that will just trigger my brain to go into work mode. And if I even think about looking, it becomes a temptation. I'm like, no, like, this time is God's time. My first part of that's my best part. I want to dedicate that part to God. And I know myself well enough to be like, those are going to be some strong guardrails that are, even if it's something that I'm piece of news that I'm really looking forward to or dreading. Mm-hmm. And I know that it's sitting there. I'm like, don't yeah. because that just, it won't work. And I used to, you know, try to justify it and be like, well, then you can use that as your prayer time. Then you can pray, you know, Thanksgiving is your <laughs> wisdom. I'm like, call them bull crap on that one. You <laughs> yeah, know? Right. It's just like, no, you're just, you know, making excuses for, you know, not being disciplined enough. And so like, that's just those kinds of things for me. And I think because I'm, I've worked best in big blocks to ideate. So ideation and coming up with you know, problems, solutions to problems. Like that's my working genius. And Me so, too. We should sit down together sometime. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, I need blocks to do that in. So I have to make sure that I'm protecting my time and organizing my time so that those. That's that's why Hans Zimmer was my second uh, <laughs> favorite artist on my uh, Spotify Unwrapped or, or Wrapped or whatever yeah, it's yeah. called, and uh, because I just put that music in the background or I'm doing that deep thinking and mm. like to the point where Pink Floyd and Hans Zimmerman, <laughs> I'm like, wow. Uh, <laughs> if this podcast ever reaches Hans Zimmer, please write us a little uh, intro for season three. Right. We'll definitely use your music. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be the best podcast Man, intro. He's awesome. If you ever hear him like process out his process as a music oh, wow. guy, like yeah. I love listening to how he yeah. does music. Inception soundtrack, oh, man. Uh, Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman's movie, the Christian Bale Batman, yeah. is my favorite ser- uh, trilogy, and yeah. he does all the music for those. Yeah, yep. too good. So, as we like to do, as we wrap up an episode, what are some practical action steps that we can put in uh, into our life based on this conversation that we had today? I think like, just what Joe was saying about know yourself, and you don't have to apologize. He doesn't have to apologize for being wired up like he is. Mm-hmm. I don't, or you don't. Yeah. Uh, Mitch, like, that's just own it and then start making decisions that fit, yeah. right? And that's not, you know, still under the the umbrella, the foundation of the Word of God, right? Uh, but there's freedom in that. And to me, like, I would just challenge everybody, like, how has God wired you up? Mm-hmm. What has God given you? As you know, the way that you work and the way that you're, you know, your strengths, what are your weaknesses, what are your spiritual gifts, all those kinds of things, and start living into the way that God has created you. I mean, He formed you in your mother's womb, right? You are intricately made by Him. He's your, you're His son. Like this is, 
guys, just step into your identity in Jesus and mm-hmm. don't deny it, don't run from it, and don't excuse your sinful behavior. We all have that. Yeah. Like own it and you know, confess it and like start living into not your best life now. <laughs> it's like your 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 life in Jesus and how God called you and equipped you and is deploying you to live. Yeah. And I think for me it's um, I don't know if we ever finish up an episode without saying this at least once. So it, again, it might you know sound like we repeat ourselves, but spend time with God and in His Word. You're not going to be able to make these decisions without doing that. I remember it was just a few months ago. Like I was trying to make a decision in my life, and and I got to the end of a week, and I was like, man, I'm having a hard time making the what seems like a simple biblical decision. I was like, well, I haven't spent time with God this week. Like, that'll do it. <laughs> and, and then, you know, a few months later, a similar situation. I had, you know, spent time with God that week. And I was like, wow, this is actually a really simple decision, I'm, you know, when I'm in tune with, with the Holy Spirit. So <laughs> it makes sense. Uh, you just have to do it. Yeah. And focusing that in, I would say if there's an area that you're, that you've been thinking about, that you're wondering about or curious about, Take some time to do some research into specific areas of scripture that speak to that issue or that area, because I think sometimes the way that Christians will handle issues is ignorance is bliss, and if I haven't read about it, I'm not like I don't really have to be. Yeah, I'm not responsible. It's the whole for thing. It. It's like if I don't read about sexual immorality, then I can kind of plead, you know, ignorance, mm-hmm. and it's like that's not okay that is not an appropriate or an acceptable approach to the word of god so if you're wondering if you if we i don't know even if it's something about alcohol that we've said and you grew up baptist or (laughs) or on the other side don't just take our word for it if you're really struggling and if you feel like no the bible doesn't condone drinking or no the bible doesn't have a problem with getting drunk go study it for yourself go read the word of god look up verses that talk about drinking and the context that might might warn against it, the context that might encourage it. Look for the specific areas that you've been wrestling with. And then, like you said, Mitch, like spending time in the Word, praying, asking for wisdom and guidance. Like we're not going to come to this, like we said earlier, we're not always going to come to the same conclusions. I know people who they agree that the Bible condones having a drink but they don't personally drink Hmm. and that's okay. Like it's okay to come to a a conclusion and a decision for yourself personally. Um, Like you said, Chris, as long as it's under the umbrella of scripture, you can't come to it. You can't come to a conclusion as a Christian that it's okay to get drunk because the Bible forbids it. Right. But if you come to to a decision where it's like, I'm going to withhold from this or I'm going to not do this. It's the same, but uh, you know, the other side of that is, is true as well. It's like, I'm going to, read the Bible and I came out and I decided I'm not going to drink. Um, but on the opposite side, you can't read the Bible and say, well, I'm going to decide not to be forgiving. There are things that will challenge you along the way. And yeah. it's like, okay, I'm going to read the Bible and I see here and here and here and here and here, all of these examples of when we are called to be forgiven when we're called to be um, reconcilers. And so do a focus study this week, like pick a topic. And just just spend the week in it. And the only really? caution in that is to make sure you're not going to just try to validate your opinion. Right. Yeah, yeah <laughs> right. If you, if you go in with your mind made up, yeah. 
right? right. Yeah. You're like, you know, like the alcohol thing, like it's, it's, we keep going back to it because it's uh, one of the easier ones, like tangible examples. But if you're going in saying, you know, oh, I'm going to prove that it is wrong, like you're going to, you will, you, yeah, you'll yeah. be able to, right? And vice versa. Any final thoughts, Chris? No, I agree. I mean, all that is absolutely true. Rooting your life in God's word. And I think maybe you've heard me say this read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible. There it is. And that is, like, yeah. <laughs> you have a biblical worldview. You got to read your Bible and study it, spend time thinking about it, meditating on it. I mean, just the the you know, the nation of Israel—they memorized the first five books of the Bible, the Word of God from Moses. They they wanted to so root themselves in that. That was that was their curriculum yeah. growing up, and for us, like. Oh, we know John three sixteen. <laughs> yeah. like maybe yeah. we can quote it. You sure, know? Uh, but the reality is we at least know the address. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Put it on our eye black. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for listening uh, to Who's the Man today and thinking and talking about the Bible with us once again. We'll leave you with one final verse, and it's from Psalms one nineteen one o five. It says, "Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path." Until next time, go out and live like Jesus.